You're listening to Comedy Central. From Miami, where it rains evaporated booty sweat, it's The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Democlips 2018. It's the closest we could get to Mar-a-Lago. Here's the news. Welcome, my name is Trevor Noah. This is The Daily Show, coming to you from Miami, Florida! Take a seat, take a seat, and let's get into it. Our guest tonight, NBA superstar Dwayne Wade is here, everybody! D-Wade! Oh, man, we've had so much fun. This is our final night here in Miami, and this whole week has been amazing. We've loved every single moment. Like, my body is now 60% Cuban sandwiches, and the other 40% is red algae, and I've never felt better. And I will say, I will say, a part of me thought that this week would be a bit more of a vacation, you know? I thought we'd come to Florida, we'd only talk about Florida issues, and then we'd go back home and continue following the Halloween show happening in the White House. But instead, instead, all of the news followed us here. Everything. The mail bombs that were sent around the country allegedly came from Florida. Uh, the woman involved in the uh, attempted fake Me Too against Robert Mueller is from Florida, right? And last night, the presidential jack-o'-lantern himself came to Florida to hold a campaign rally for local candidates Ron DeSantis and Rick Scott. Yeah, 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 whatever. They don't like you either. But yes, President Trump held a rally yesterday on Halloween. And uh, from the looks of it, he decided to go as racism. Andrew Gillum wants to throw open your borders to drug dealers, human traffickers, gang members, and criminal aliens. Oh, that's great. That's what we want. Let those people pour right in, folks. Let them come enjoy you on your front lawn. Did you just... Did you just say, let them come enjoy you on your front lawn? <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> no, because now, now I'm just picturing an immigrant who's come all the way to the United States just to watch Americans like they're in the zoo. <laughs> just standing there outside someone's house like, wow, look at that little Jose. That's a gringo in his natural habitat, man. <laughs> hey man, can my, can my kid pet you, man? Can I get pet you? What do you mean no? Come on, he's got peanuts, man. We're just trying to enjoy you on your front lawn, man. Why are you acting like you never heard that phrase before? And here's the thing, here's the thing. Of all the 36 governors and the races that are going on right now, Trump, Trump chose to come to Florida. He chose to come to Florida for a reason, right? The governor's race here has one of the most progressive Democrats versus one of the most Trumpian Republicans of all time. And what's major, what's major, what's major about this election is that the winner will get to approve new election districts, which will impact the balance of power in Congress for a decade. And also, Donald Trump lives in Mar-a-Lago, don't forget that. So this is personal to him. 
Yeah, because if this happens, if Andrew Gillum wins, then he gets a black governor. Whereas <laughs> Andrew Gillum is his governor. Yeah. So basically, Trump came to Florida before the election for the same reason we came here, right? To spread hate and divisiveness. No, no, I'm joking. No way. I mean, because of all the important issues it represents. And with the midterms just five days away, you can feel something in the air. You can feel it, right? Yeah, it's either democracy or humidity. Either way, it is causing my thighs to chafe. And if you are planning to go out and vote on Tuesday, which I hope you all are, Get ready for a rough ride, because whoever is in charge of your voting system is clearly trying to with you. As if having 12 amendments on the ballot wasn't confusing enough, voters will also have to deal with a trend called bundling, which is essentially grouping two or more different issues under one amendment. And bundling confused everybody, because some of the subjects aren't even related. Like a ban on offshore drilling with a ban on indoor vaping. Okay, now, Florida, why would you do that? Why would you combine two unrelated issues under one vote, huh? Because now, because now, when Floridians go uh, to vote on Tuesday, you realize when you vote on Amendment 9, if you vote no to offshore drilling, you've also automatically voted no to indoor vaping. That makes absolutely no sense. None at all. It's like when they have those weird DVD combos in the bargain bin at Walmart, you know? And it'll be like Air Bud combined with Fifty Shades of Grey. It's like, what? Those movies make no sense together. So what, now I'm gonna go home and jack off and then watch Fifty Shades of Grey? That makes no sense. And here's the thing. Florida can't afford to be stressing its voters out with mere weird multiple choice exams on the ballot, right? Because you guys have some major decisions to make. There's a big governor race, there's a big senate race, and maybe even bigger than both is amendment number four. Voters will soon decide whether felons should automatically have their voting rights restored in Florida. It is Amendment 4. It's on the November ballot. Now that is huge, because if this amendment passes, over 1.4 million ex-felons who have served their time will regain their right to vote. That is huge. And you know, I'll be honest, what's really great to see is that this is an issue that has bipartisan support. Democrats like that it's criminal justice reform. Republicans like it because it would let a lot of former Trump officials vote again. And, and the truth is the system needs to be changed because the way it works now is absolutely crazy, right? If you're an ex-felon in Florida who wants to vote, you have to wait seven years after your sentence is done and then you have to apply to have your rights restored. And then you have to wait another 10 years because of the backlog. And then after all of that, the governor gets to decide if you get to vote again. And with Florida's current governor, the computer says no. I deny restoration of civil rights. I deny restoration of civil rights. But at this point, I'm going to deny restoration of civil rights. There's absolutely no standards. So we can make any decisions we want. I deny restoration of civil rights. I deny restoration of civil rights. So it's all denied. Damn. This guy's denied so many people their rights so fast. Like, you can tell how often he says it and how often he doesn't care about it that he doesn't even pronounce all of the words anymore. Like it's just a bunch of sounds to me. I deny restoration of civil rights. I deny restoration of civil rights. I deny restoration of civil rights. You know what he sounds like? He sounds like those roller coaster operators who just phone in the safety speech. And he's like, ladies and gentlemen, arms and legs inside the car at all times, please, I'm gonna enjoy the ride. He's like, what did he, did he say something about saying, ah! And now look, I'll be honest with you. I think if a person has served their time, Absolutely. they serve their time. 
they should immediately have the right to vote. They've served their time. You shouldn't keep getting punished after you've been punished. Imagine you wrote on the wall in crayon when you were three years old, and then when you were 30, your mom is still showing up to your office randomly to whip your ass. You're just like standing there in the office like, so if we look at the revenue streams over here, what, what you're gonna see in the third first one is like, mommy, wait, no! No, mommy! No, mommy, please! Mommy, please! No, mommy! There's gonna be four, no, mommy, wait, please, no! Doesn't make sense. And, and by the way, please, I know there's some of these arguments where people are gonna be like, oh, you know, the reason you need to strip people of their vote is to deter them from committing crimes. That's just some bullshit, right? Let's be honest. All right, this is not a deterrent in any way. If someone's gonna commit a crime, taking their vote away is not gonna stop them. It's not like anyone's ever been about to rob a liquor store and then there's a little voice in their head that's like, don't do it, man. Think about the midterms. <laughs> we'll be right back. Yo, Miami, give it up for yourselves. You guys are amazing. Welcome back to The Daily Show. My guest tonight is an entrepreneur three-time NBA champion and 12-time All-Star, now playing his 16th and final season for the Miami Heat. Please welcome Dwayne Wayne. Man. Wow. I feel like we at the American Airlines Arena. Yeah, man. This is... Look at this. Man. <laughs> this is all you. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank, thank you so much for making the time. I mean, I, like everyone wants a piece of Dwayne Wade down in Miami. <laughs> We're so lucky to get you. Let, let's just jump straight into what is a culmination of one of the most prolific sporting careers people have ever seen. This is your final season in the NBA. Is it, is, it, is it surreal for you, every game you play? <laughs> um, first of all, thank you for, thanks for having me on the show. What are we no, I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, you know what? You know, I've, been, I've been playing the game of basketball um, since I was five years old. I am now 36. So I've been playing for 31 years. Um, so this is what I've mastered, right? This is what I've been good and great at. Um, so it definitely... It definitely is a little nerve-wracking, you know? You're a little nervous because I don't know if I'll be great at anything else like I am basketball, right? But, you know, I just decided um, after a long summer, you know, of really thinking about how I wanted to see my career end, um, get an opportunity uh, last year to come back to Miami. Um, I just felt, yeah. <laughs> I, felt the, um, I felt the timing um, was perfect. Uh, for me, I, I don't want people to think I'm retiring because I can't play no more. I just want people to understand I'm retiring because I'm ready to walk and do something different, not because I can't play the game of basketball. I, um, I came out and watched my, 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 my first Miami Heat game, and you were playing, and to see the love in the crowd was amazing. But what's also interesting is to see how that love follows you off the court as well. You, you, you are somebody who has had the opportunity to engage in business opportunities beyond just, just basketball. You, you're, you're, you're a mogul now. I mean, you, you're involved in clothing. You, you know, you're involved in your own shoe line. You have ties. You have socks. You have luggage. You have, like, Dwayne Wade, seems, like, it doesn't seem like you're going to be struggling to do anything when you leave the NBA, what do you enjoy about being in business? 
Um, I, what, what I enjoy about it is, first of all, you know, just being a young kid from the inner city of Chicago, my dream was to play <laughs> Chateau, okay? My dream was to play in the NBA. And once I got an opportunity to get here, then so many doors opened for me. And I was able to step through those doors and learn different things that I never really thought that I had the passion for or the knowledge for. So I've been able, all these things that I've been a part of, this ain't stuff I went to school for. You know, this is stuff that I either had, you know, I've learned through traveling or I learned through meeting people um, that, oh, I like that. Oh, let me think about doing that. So all these things that I'm, that I'm doing, I've picked up along the way of, of just living life and, and going places and being open to new things. So I enjoy it. You know, I enjoy being able to use my creativity to have an amazing team behind me to be able to use their create creativity and be able to hopefully give the consumers, give my supporters, give the fans, um, you know, something that they love and enjoy as well. So that's all I'm trying to do. Right. And you, you, you're doing it a thousand times over. You have... You have the business, you have the basketball, and a large part of Dwayne Wade has been getting involved in the community. You know, you, you mentioned a few times now, coming from Chicago, growing up in Chicago, you know, as many of us know, we've been on a journey with you as fans where we've gone through the ups and downs of Chicago in your life. You know, losing loved ones to gun violence was a really tough time for many people, I'm sure you the most. Mm -hmm. When you, when you look at that journey and when you, when you look at what you want to do now in both Chicago and Miami, you have a few initiatives that you're working on now. Yeah. What is your dream? What are you trying to implement in the communities to try and help people? Yeah. Um, so when I, was a, when I was a little kid, you know, I just remember, you know, always saying to myself, if, if God blessed me with an opportunity to, to, to make it, right, to, to be able to give back to others, I want to do it. And I want to do it in a big way. You know, I want to I be able to bless communities in a way that's going to change their lives if I get that opportunity. And once I got the opportunity, I wanted to live right. You know, I wanted, I wanted to do what I said. So, you know, in Chicago first, from my mother's standpoint, I said, you know what, Ma, here's a church. You do your part with the church. Um, I bought my mom a church early on so she can continue to save lives. Bought your mom a church. I bought my mom a church. <laughs> that's, all, that, that's a whole nother story, uh, how we got to that point. But I, I ended up at my mom a church and I said, you do your job to, you know, to save lives. You know, my mother is an amazing pastor um, in the city of Chicago. My dad, my dad is into the community. My dad does amazing. That's where I got it from. I watched my dad for so many years um, give back to the community. He had me out there as a kid. Um, even though we didn't have a lot of the things we had, we had to give, give away, give to others. If I had two pair of shoes, I only ended up having one because I gave the other pair away. So I kind of had a family that I've watched my whole life kind of make sure they give. And we didn't have a lot. We didn't have a lot at all. But um, what we had was more than what others had. And so we wanted to make sure that we can, you know, we can give to the others. So um, it kind of started from there. And then when I got to college, my college coach always told me, he always said, Duane, too much is given, much is required. Too much is given, much is required. And I know what he meant at the time. And then once I got older, I started understanding what that mean. I, I've been given so much and a lot is required of me. It's required of me not only to give from my pockets, but to lend my voice, to lend my face, to stand up on this platform and support and talk about. So all those things. That's something you haven't been afraid of doing. You know, there, there, there are a lot of athletes who've been afraid of lending their voice to causes that they believe in or people that they support. You know, uh, your good friend and basically your brother, LeBron James, is somebody that you've been on a journey with for many years yeah. where you've been speaking about issues. Yeah. Um, we've seen you at, at, at sports ceremonies. We've seen you with the Parkland kid, for instance. Parkland yeah. kids, for instance. You spent three hours with them the first day they came back to school. Why do you think... Why do you think as a... As an athlete, 
As an athlete, why do you think it's so important for you to step out from beyond the game and to engage in ideas that you, you, you believe in? Well, you know, going back to that, we was in Philadelphia when we, when we heard the news um, about what happened. And I didn't know exactly where it was at. And as, immediately, as a parent, I got scared because I have kids in school. And I knew it was what area it was in, but I didn't know which school. So immediately, I'm scared, right? I'm hard as racing. I'm beating fast. I'm trying to call my kids. And eventually I got on the phone with my kids and I realized that they was okay. But then I knew that other parents out there was hurting the same way that I was hurting, was feeling that same anxiety. So once we got a chance to come back um, to the city, it was just like, hey, can I go to the school? Can I go up there and visit? And I don't know what I'm going to do, but I just want to be able to, to bring some sort of light. I had just got back to the city. The, the city of Miami had welcomed me back with open arms uh, when I got traded back. And I wanted to bring some light. So... I had an opportunity to go, and I didn't know what to expect. It was real quiet when I got there, but, man, when the kids saw me, it just it opened them up. The light in their eyes, the smiles on their faces, that right there was one of the biggest, one of the most important moments in my life of, you know what, this, what basketball has done for me and the platform that I have, this is what it's about. And I got an opportunity to sit down in a room with, with their leaders and talk to them about, hey, what can I do? What can my team do to help support you guys' initiative, what you're trying to do? Um, and it started from, you know what, my voice. Then it went from the support financially and so forth and so on. And we continue to do things. We did exhibits here in Miami and New York and L.A. We continue to support because this is my community. This is our community, and it means a lot to us. As you can tell, the people love you <laughs> as much as you love them. Dwayne Wade, everybody. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.